You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, what's going on? Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. Bill Ryder with you. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. And you know what it takes for home to fit your budget and your family. Rocket can. Happy National Nickname Day. Let me give you a non sequitur here real quick. Just something random. That just popped into my brain. I don't know why so many people hate Joe Buck. And I've never met Joe Buck. Maybe I met him twice in a green room when we both worked at Fox Sports. And I've, I don't think I've ever even been around Troy Aikman. I don't know them. I don't have a, a perspective on who they are as people one way or the other. Those guys are excellent at what they do for a living. They are, they are absolutely outstanding. And I was watching that game last night. I was just thinking about how good I think that pairing is. Everybody's trying to hire the next big announcer, get the next big name, find the right combo. And those dudes just understand each other's rhythm, speak a similar language on football. I'm not a big announcer guy, which is ironic, I suppose. Like I can watch, I watch a lot of games on mute, and I watch a lot of red zone games. Because I'll have multiple games on. But obviously... Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, it's one game, and you're focused on the entire product. I think those guys do a really, really nice job. And in this business, like most businesses, you tend not to get a lot of positive feedback. Not that those dudes are listening. Maybe Troy, he's a big fan of the show, but certainly Joe's not. Anyway, all right, 855-212-4CBS, you want to give us a call. Sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R, we've talked a lot of NFL. What we haven't hit today at all is college football. Another really interesting weekend, a lot to get into, and we get the chance on a regular basis to do that with our good friend Houston Nutt, CBS Sports College Football Analyst. And for me, an extra treat because I lived in Little Rock, Arkansas many, many moons ago when Coach Nutt was the coach at Arkansas, and just remember being really impressed with it, with his football teams. So it's always fun when he's on the show. Coach, uh, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for, for being here. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. So let's let's start with, with the Razorbacks. Uh, brutal, brutal way to lose a football game. What do you see in that program and this season in particular in terms of how they will or won't respond after the loss to A&M? I think they'll they'll respond. I think Coach Pittman, the one thing about him, uh, what I've noticed, players play hard for him. They believe in him. And I, I, I believe they'll, they'll, they'll be ready to go against Alabama. Alabama, we all know how good they are. But I, I just believe they have one of the better offensive lines. And uh, K.J. Jefferson didn't play his best game, but I, I think he's very good quarterback that can, can run and throw. And um, their defense moves around. They're not they're, – they're, they're not as good in the back end, but their front seven's good. They're leading the country in sacks right now. So 
I, I look forward to fight. That's brutal. You, you, that's the right word. That's a tough way to lose. They had their chances. They had they'll look at that film and be sick uh, because before you can count the ways, four or five or six different ways they could have won that game, and 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 that's before they even coming down to the last kick. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to that to that game. Coach, if you're if you're any program in the in the SEC that has some tradition and has some talent, and I think Arkansas is one of several schools that fit the bill historically in this season, but you're you know it's Georgia and it's Alabama, and not just in season, but competing with those brands and competing with the level they recruit at. What is the process to try and build an SEC school that's not one of those major schools to actually compete year in year out? What is it as simple as hire the right coach and hope you get lucky? <laughs> got to have the right coach, and I think also that coach has got to be a great uh, evaluator. Um, when you don't have the, the the luxury of getting 25 players in your backyard, what I mean by that, you're in your home state. Arkansas can't sign 25 in their home state, and there's several other schools that have the same problem. So that means you have to go out of state. And so when anytime you cross the lines, you have to have – an excellent guy that knows how to go in the living room and sell that program to, to win a young man over. And then on top of it now, with the, the difference is nowadays, compared to when I was coaching, is you have the thing called the portal, the transfer portal. And so you got a chance to go get older players that may be struggling at the place, you know, they chose or not playing. And, it's a whole different world than just recruiting maybe a junior college or a high school kid. Now you add that, it's it, it's it's unbelievable. But getting back to your question, uh, you got to have a, a coach that that embraces the program, that understands it. Get don't let your play. There's the few players that you do have that are SEC caliber in your state. You can't allow them to leave, and that's one of the biggest things I think we did such a good job. You know, keep a Darren McFadden, a Matt Jones, a Peyton Hillis a Marcus Monk, and I can go on and on and on, but you got to keep those guys in state because you can't lose, afford to lose those guys that are so good that are, you know, four and five stars that that go off and that, that want to go look over the fence to LSU and Alabama. So you got to do that. But uh, it, it, it's just it's a it's a juggling act because you got to have linemen, you got to have secondary, and and you got to recruit every position and try to develop depth. And the problem is with the world that we live in, you don't get five or six years. You get about two and a half, three maybe. So <laughs> you got to get going and get going and uh, very fast, and it's not easy. Houston Nutt uh, here on the show. Coach, if, if you were still coaching or you were consulting a, a guy going into one of these jobs, right, would you, with the, with the transfer portal, would you be comfortable or, or push or avoid some general manager role underneath the head coach? Is that, I know some programs have done this, but given the fact that you can go out and you can recruit kids, and as you said, older kids, to what degree do you think that's a good idea going forward, a, a, real, a real shift in how programs go about building teams? Are you talking about having a, a a guy that's underneath the coach that's a consultant or a general manager is that what you Yeah. Saying? I mean, yeah, I'm just talking about call it what you want, but but should coaches at the college football level have guys who function basically as GMs in the NFL who run operations where they're scouting not high school talent, they're scouting college talent to try and build a plan for the portal every year. Yeah. I I tell you what I would do. I'd have the AD say, "Look, can I get a plane ticket to Tuscaloosa?" 
I'd like to go spend three days over there with uh, Nick Saban. Because I'm going to tell you, my eyes were open. He was the only one. When I got let go, he was the only one to invite me to his place for about three days. And let me tell you, it was an eye-opener. And it goes to about some of the things that you were saying. Now, there's only one man in charge. There's no question about that. There's one voice. But the numbers that he had with, I'm talking about consultants and, and analysts, that had laps around the track. They used to, back in the day, you'd have young grad assistants that were learning, trying to get in the game. Well, he had guys that had knowledge, wisdom, and had been there that was associated with the program. And I think that's kind of going to what you're talking about. When you got wisdom and knowledge and experience, it's, it's so valuable. It helps everybody, helps your program. Uh, it, it, it's ideas and and ideas that's worked before, and when you have a, a, a brain trust in there that this is our plan, starting at the top, this is our plan, and then you have people that know how to go execute it. <laughs> it's a it's another level. Coach Houston Nutt here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder. Coach, good news for Clemson: four zero. Right, you got to win the games in front of you, whatever the fashion. Maybe the it's not bad news, I suppose, but maybe disconcerting news. They had some problems on the defensive end this time. They had to go to double overtime. It certainly has looked like Dabo's squad is not pitch perfect just yet. What is your confidence level at the end of the season? Clemson's going to be where we're accustomed to seeing them, and that's in the college football playoff. Right. Well, I believe in Dabo Sweeney, but you know there there are some. I feel like there are a few holes. But whenever you win, you know, there, it's, there's nothing like going back in the meeting room when you win and you say, is that the best we can do? Nope. Okay, we've got to go out there and practice and get better. And I do feel like DJ Ungele, I, I think he has gotten better. And I, I see more confidence. And But like you say, you know, you're not used to seeing defense that gave up. But you've got to give Sam Harvin credit. I mean, this guy is a player. Uh, Wake Forest is a good football team, but we're just used to seeing Clemson at another level. So I think this week we're going to know a whole lot now because I, I really feel like North Carolina State is a physical, physical team that has athletes all over the field. And so I, I do think Clemson will be there. I, I do. I, I've got confidence in Dabo Sweeney, and I do think if they clean some things up, I think they'll be right there. Coach, right or wrong, as, uh, with a four-team playoff, the world we live in is such that the SEC can and has and might again this year get a couple teams in that in that mix, just depending on how things fall and the losses and who plays each other in the, in the championship game. That tends not to be the, the governing logic for, for the Big Ten, You know whether it should or shouldn't be. Michigan looks pretty good. They're four in the country right now. Ohio State looks really good. What is your confidence level? What should be Michigan's confidence level that they can be that team that, that comes out of the Big Ten, which obviously means almost certainly beating Ohio State at the end of the year and, and, and keep make, taking care of their business you know, on the way to that, that showdown? Well, Michigan, to me, you always talk about Ohio State. You've got to, you you want to win that game for sure. That, that's, that's such a, 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 a measuring stick. But uh, when you look at the job that Coach Harbaugh has done, you know, winning it's 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 so it's such a, a great feeling when when your team's winning and maybe not playing at its best, 
but he, you can see that, hey, there's a little momentum now that's going. There's some confidence, and some players are starting to believe. And when you start to believe, that's when you achieve. And so, again, I, I love how hard they play. They're physical. They're tough. And I, I love this time of the season because this about week four, week five, starting to get a few bumps and bruises. But, boy, this is when you start to see the direction of the teams, which way they're going. And to me, Michigan is trending up. I, I think they're they're going in the right direction. But that's where these next two to three weeks, this grind of the next two or three weeks, well, we're going to find out a whole lot. All right, Coach, now, last one for you. Texas and Miami are coming off, I mean, let's just be frank, they're, they're bad losses. And Nebraska, a program that haunted me as a Missouri, as a Missouri student um, and was once a dominant program, is obviously in, in pretty dire straits. What are the odds that, all three of those schools, which, you know, you go to Austin, you go to Miami, you, you, go, to, you go to Lincoln, all of those fan bases believe they belong and will return to the glory of college football. What are the odds that all three of them get back to where those fan bases think they should be? Wow. Oh, what an unbelievable question. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that has blown my mind. If you ask me what's the biggest thing that blows your mind, you know, when I look at the last, like, seven, eight years when I look at Texas, you know, and I, I look at uh, Nebraska, and I'm like you. I grew up at Oklahoma State, you know, in the college days. My last couple of years in college in Nebraska was dominant. And so it just seems like it's going to be very, very hard to get back there. But you just feel like somewhere somebody can do it. Now let's take a look at Kansas. Kansas is, is in my mind has always been basketball, right? But you look up, and what has this guy done? Because Leipold has done an unbelievable job. Well, what has he done? What's well, what you and I have been talking about. Got the transfer portal. Got a few players that are difference makers at different spots, starting at quarterback. And all of a sudden you look up, and they're undefeated. It, we, we never would have expected that, right? So when you say Nebraska and Texas – they have such long, traditional – you just feel like somebody can get this done. And so I don't lose hope on that. I just think it's going to be much, much harder and because it's been so long. To, to say that Nebraska hadn't been to a bowl game since, what, 2015 or 2016, that, that's hard to say. It just blows my mind. That should never happen. But I do think somebody can get it done, especially with the way the things are set up transfer portal you can recruit junior cards you got high school you got you got a lot of different avenues now you know you have facilities you know you have fan support they're going to show up so it just takes a little bit of magic in the right person leading your team i think it can happen i really do coach i love that answer and and the kansas that's such a great point and, and i know it's a different conversation but it reminds me of kansas i mean if if you can do it at Kansas for four games, and if Bill Snyder could do it at Kansas State for a really long time, you're right. It there are nothing is is, is hopeless, Coach. And I I love the perspective and the time. Thank you for uh, thanks for humoring us and making us smarter on college football. Hey, appreciate you always having me, and I'm I'm glad that you were around Little Rock during some pretty good years. <laughs> it was <laughs> hey, some good barbecue and some good football was a good way to spend a couple years. Hey. Hey, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Appreciate <laughs> you. Yeah, man. Uh, Houston, uh, uh, on on the show. He's gone. He can't hear me. I mean it.
completely, completely serious. I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, which, by the way, Arkansas is a gem of a state. If you're listening to Arkansas, you're shaking your head, you know. Buffalo River, beautiful, some of the best fishing in the country. You stand in Little Rock, Arkansas, more or less middle of the state, and it's you go two hours in either sort of direction, north, in all four directions. It's totally different worlds, man. You go east, you're, in, you're basically in Memphis. Go to the Delta, there's alligators down there, scared the crap out of me, but beautiful. There's like a sort of mountainous area northwest. And Coach Nutt, man, he ruled he ruled the roost in Arkansas when I was there. And so what a what a crazy life to be able to sit here on the radio talking to him on, on National Nickname Day with Pretty Daddy Diesel over uh, over here. All right, speaking of Pretty Daddy Diesel, it's buy. It sounds that has a ring to it. It's buy or sell. A bunch of headlines from sports. A lot of interesting things that happen at NBA Media Days tomorrow. We'll get into all that next on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I've got some travel coming up next few weeks. Uh, next few weeks. Next many months. Welcome back, NBA. And d occurred to me that I know the best with all respect to the other restaurants, best airport restaurant in America. I'm pretty sure I've got it, and I'm going to fly through there. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to rock an extra little, extra little connection to eat there. Would you like to guess the airport that has the best airport restaurant in America? I'm trying to over, I'm overthinking it here. I'm going to say Memphis. It's a good guess. How about you, uh, Mister? Bogish. Did I miss the beginning of where you're headed as a clue? No, no, no. You don't get any more clues than I did. No. Uh, okay, I was going to give a clue. No, I'm going to say it's in Las Vegas. It's actually in Atlanta. Okay. Flying, going to Fort Lauderdale. 
in a couple weeks. One flew south. If you ever, it's the name of the restaurant. If you ever go to the Atlanta airport, it is worth a layover. It is worth, I once scheduled, a, I could either do an hour and a half layover or a six hour layover. And I once scheduled on purpose a six hour layover to eat at this restaurant. Now, do we know, is that their only location? Yeah, I think it is. Wow. I'm sure somebody listening knows more than I do. And, and the reason I bring it up is I was at, I was, when I was in Vegas this past weekend, I was talking about flying. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to connect through Atlanta to eat at a restaurant. And two people at the table go, one flew south. And the other one's like, yeah, one flew south. And I said, yeah, one flew south. Amazing restaurant. Amazing. Like, it's a high, up. the guy, I guess, just decided to do it. It's like a sushi and southern comfort. It's random. You order a sushi roll and then get some fried chicken and have these amazing cocktails in a terminal. Yeah, in the airport. In the airport. Okay. Like, it's it's good enough to fly through there rather than fly direct. If you're so inclined. I mean, I, I know want to give it, we look yeah. confused, like, why the airport? But isn't it kind of genius? There's always hundreds of thousands of people yeah. there. And many, many people, not me, because I'm not I'm responsible, CBS, but many people fly through airports on expense accounts, right? So it's like, oh, the cocktails Ooh, are a little extra expensive. True. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sir, do you want another overpriced but remarkable sushi roll? Yes, I do, because <laughs> I'm not paying for it. So it's pretty, you know, pretty smart. Actually makes a lot of sense. People that are in businesses where that's acceptable, which is not me. Let's do buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. After their road win on Sunday against the Chargers, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence was feeling confident. I think the way we've, we've played, you can't deny that we're, that we're a really good team. Um... But at the end of the day, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what, what it says about us. We know who we are. Uh, our, our, our only goal on Sunday is to go win the game. And what other people think about us doesn't really matter. Every week we're going to prepare the same way. Uh, we're going to be ready to play. And, and we got a bunch of competitors. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. To use Lawrence's own words, buy or sell that the Jacksonville Jaguars are a really good team. Buy. Buy. Bogus looks a little skeptical. I think, I think they are a really good football team. I think they're a good football team. I don't think you can go from being as bad as they were, even dumping well, yeah. Urban for Peterson. You can't throw the really on just yet, but they're a good football team. I'll throw a really, but, but that's just, it is for me, the fact that it's not Urban Meyer is a big part of the reason. Man, does Trevor Lawrence just go home and thank God every day that Urban Meyer's not his coach anymore, literally? We're laughing at that, but as I was listening to his press conference, he just looks happy. He's smiling <laughs> like he just looks like a happier person. Well, I can put it in perspective. Doug Peterson has tied Urban Meyer for wins as Jacksonville coach <laughs> in three weeks with two. <laughs> I'm happy for Doug Peterson, too, because I did think it was time to move on in Philly. But it's always such an interesting concept, guys who have success in life, then then have a failure, right? Have and how do you respond to that? And I have a lot more confidence in, in Peterson responding properly than I do Mike McCarthy, for example. Like I think there's a chance he's gonna be a very good head coach for them for a while. 
again, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue over the but, adjectives. But let's let's put it this way though. Even if he's not the best X's and O's coach, do, aren't you confident that at some point down the road Trevor Lawrence is gonna make him look like a good head coach? Yes. Yes. Um new question. It just came to me, I said it in the last break. Buy or sell bogus pretty daddy D sell. Ooh. I'll buy it. Buy. Sorry, pretty daddy D sell. Do your thing. Yep, and we're back to the nicknames. And remind me, after I ask my next question, I have a follow-up to it. Okay. Now, as we know, Jeff Collins was fired after three-plus seasons at Georgia Tech, where he only won 10 total games. One early rumored candidate to replace him is Pro Football Hall of Famer and current Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders. Now, primetime has been with Jackson State for two years already. Buy or sell Deion Sanders coaching a Power 5 school in the near future. So before NIL and before the transfer portal, I would have given a very starkly different and equally certain answer. I will absolutely buy this. Buy. Yeah. I mean, whatever shenanigans would or wouldn't happen with certain coaches who have experienced real-time wealth, real-world wealth, and would want to just play by their own rules don't have to apply anymore, right? You, you <laughs> There's a lot of resources that are out there that would have been uh, unacceptable before. He obviously can bring in talent. I mean, he might just get compl- I mean, he will get completely outcoached, right? I, I I would imagine, but if the metric is what they have done the last few years, I I think so. Are you feeling contrarian again there, Bogey? No, I I I'm I'm going to buy this and it makes perfect sense for Georgia Tech because Bye. They need something to spice up that program. They need something to be relevant. They need something that might actually work because Jeff Collins was 18 games under 500 in three years. Couldn't beat any other Power 5 schools. Um, I would absolutely basically do whatever possible to get Dion to be my head coach. And, I mean, Dion has recruited a lot of Division One talent to that school. Like, the kids... So, there's a transfer portal. I mean, he could also bring people... That's the other kind of weird thing about... We saw this Lincoln Riley. You can bring some kids with you. When you leave. Yeah, and and that's all he needs to do is recruit kids and give some good pregame speeches and then I just hire coordinators to call plays on offense and defense oversee game day and away they go. That's it. Uh buy or sell that Deion Sanders will miss more practices than Tom Brady in that scenario. Sell. Okay. Sell. All right, real quickly before we get to some NBA oh, yeah, follow stuff. Follow-up. Follow-up, sorry. My follow-up here. Now, I've said it many, many times on this show. Andrew Bogish is a lot smarter than I will ever be. So as I often do, I like to confirm pronunciations, spellings with him prior to buy or sell. And I did that today. You'll notice Jeff Collins, the former coach at Georgia Tech, does not spell his first name the conventional way. He spells Jeff G-E-O-F-F. I asked Bogish, hey, this is pronounced Jeff, right? It's not Geoff. Bogish looked at me like I was crazy, like Geoff is not a name. I went to college with a Geoff. Geoff is a real name, right? What what are you asking me? Buy or sell that there's a name called that's pronounced Geoff? Yes. Not unless he's a cuddly giant. (laughs) You've um, never come in contact with a Geoff? I have a friend in high school whose name he spelled Jeff G O F F, and we yeah, no, called him Geoff as a goof, but that wasn't his sell, name. Sell, sell. 
I mean, I other will than... find a good example of this. There's got to be somebody. Doesn't there's a I... G off that calls Jim Rome? But I think that also I, that's a I, joke. Yeah, I thought that was not there's serious. No... Yeah. Now I'm wondering where I I called this guy in college, uh, not his real name. Well, yeah, he he's hates adult. you. <laughs> no, he hates you. He probably you. hates me for other reasons. But I I think his what real are the name other reasons? Geoff. Did you date his girlfriend? No, just my personality. He probably hates me. Oh, I got it. I think I Geoff once... is a real name, guys. I think I... it's real. I, I want to... to why he hate you was I'm just not likable. It was. I mean, gee off the giraffe, right? That, by the way, like quick humble brag. Um, I once dated a girl in college, very sweet girl that I did not marry, who told me she was single, or at least didn't tell me she had a boyfriend. So I, we, so not my fault. Um, turned out she, well, I don't know, I don't know who to believe still, but guy that I was kind of buddies with said they were dating. Uh, he's famous now, so these things do ha- these Ooh. things do happen. Yeah, Ooh. maybe Geoff will get famous. Like name names or I, what? that's what. No, you need to text Absolute. us. I'll text you. Yes, I'm sure the audience loves that. Well, I'll text the audience. But like by yourself, that's your fault if you're dating someone for three weeks and three weeks in, some dude comes back who like graduated is like I'm dating her and she's like I, I asked her all right and she's like no man, what? not your fault. So, All right, let's get to some NBA here. Now, yesterday, the Phoenix Suns coaching staff and players answered plenty of questions surrounding their owner, Robert Sarver, and his impending sale of the franchise due to his transgressions. Yet, when big man DeAndre Ayton was asked about his new contract with the Suns, he didn't seem too thrilled. Congratulations on obviously getting the getting the deal. Um, just maybe your your thoughts that now that, that, that you got that. Maybe what was your initial reaction once the Suns matched, the pace was off. I was happy. It was all done, I guess. That's it? Yep. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> Buy or sell that DeAndre Ayton wants to be in Phoenix. Oh, sell. Sell. My wife's listening to the show, and she just sent me a text. He didn't marry her either. She doesn't like this girl. So <laughs> <laughs> Oops, oops, my bad. Um, he sound no. It's a great, it's a great call, Tom. What you heard and, and getting in the show. I he sounds. Has anyone ever been so miserable to make a hundred million, whatever you make, hundred million dollar? I mean, he. Can I just give you my? Here's my perspective on this. Right, so you got the Sarver debacle, which I'm sure compounds this. But even before that, he didn't feel respected by the organization. He felt overtly disrespected, and I'm telling you guys, I know, don't know for a fact in this case, but. Chris Paul is hard on people and makes people's lives miserable when he doesn't sort of agree with their work ethic or their, right, his style of leadership is, 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 is aggressive and it works in Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton has all the symptoms of, of Chris Paul post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I think he's, I think you're absolutely right. I think he's miserable there. He needs to be rescued. Yeah. He wa- and I'm not, Detroit, I'm not taking a shot. At, I'm from Iowa. But I'm just saying most athletes would rather live in Phoenix than Detroit. That's just a fact. And he was... He he was like, I'll go to take me to Detroit, right? Take me anywhere, just get me out of Phoenix. Because Phoenix is, it's not my vibe. Like Phoenix is cool. I'm not a, I'm not a desert guy, but I would argue it's a top three or four destination for like wealthy athletes to live in. People, athletes love, love living living in the Phoenix area. All right. And he was like, get me out of here. 
Now, the Suns aren't the only team going through a scandal as the season starts. The Celtics will be without head coach Ime Udoka, and Jason Tatum told us yesterday how he found out about it. How did I find out? Uh, Twitter, like everybody else. Buy or sell that Brad Stevens and the Celtics organization needed to do a better job of informing their star player of what was going on. So I'll sell, and here's why. Sell. I thought about this. So Woj broke the story, I think, right? And Woj informs a lot of people of a lot of things. That's a serious HR situation. It's not like we're going to sign this guy, or we're going to make this trade, or we're interested in making a move for Kevin Durant. It's a legal HR matter on which millions of dollars and possible lawsuits could hinge. And I think probably in that situation, the attorneys are making the decisions about about disclosure and what where it's going to come from. Someone leaked it to Woj for whatever reason they did, but I kind of I kind of I kind of get it. And these guys love that head coach, and so you you probably can't communicate that until you've sort of crossed every T and dotted every I on the suspension. Can you say something without saying something? Can you tell like, hey, Jason, something going on with? email right now can't tell you all the details but that'll get leaked i i mean bogus jump in if you disagree i think what you do is you call tatum the men of the news breaks and just say i am sorry but that there are things going on that we weren't i wasn't allowed to talk to you and you would have been my first call right that's the that's way handle it you can't tell them beforehand but if you know that woe is about to hit send on a tweet then you call and you do immediate damage control so it feels like you cared about taking care of him in the situation. What's interesting is who leaked it to Woj and what was their angle? Because right. normally people give Woj things in exchange for information or being his good graces, and that's not a criticism. He's amazing in his job, and that's that's how that, that, that gig works. It's transactional, right? It's trans- They get something from Adrian in, in return, or Shams, or, or anybody, Schefter, whoever's out there. But sometimes it's to damage people or to get ahead of a story, right? To what... I don't know the answer. It's almost certainly from an agent, because that's where most of Adrian's sourcing comes from, is, is the agents that are out there. And I, I don't have a good theory if either of you do. I've been thinking about who and why. Unless someone in the Celtics organization didn't like how long it was taking, thought they needed this to get resolved closer, like sooner rather than later with Media Day coming up, were frustrated the lawyers were, were sort of slowing it down, and just leaked it to Woj to force the issue. That's all I could come up with. Or what about like a trial balloon from the Celtics to see how people would react to the whisper, the suggestion of an, of an issue? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's entirely possible. And then a gauge exactly how they should punish him, depending on how people reacted to it. Having dealt with agents both as a client and as a sourcing person, not every agent, but there are some scumbag agents out there. There just, just are. I could certainly see an agent finding out and thinking, okay, if that guy gets fired, my client's one of the five people who have a shot, and just doing that too. Right. Because the thing is, this has been going on for a while. Right. So it's almost surprising that it took this long for us to know. Agreed. And because we knew on the verge of him being punished, that's why I feel like it came from the team, because they finally let the, they let the news out and wanted to see how much we were going to care about what happened. Yeah. All right, let's squeeze in one last one here. Now, it's no secret that the San Antonio Spurs have finished under 500 three straight seasons. The only other time the Spurs were under 500 in the pop era was the 1996-97 season. Yes, you guessed it. That was Pop's first year. Yesterday, though, during media day, Pop didn't lend too much confidence 
that San Antonio was ready to break through this year. Nobody here should go to Vegas <laughs> with the thought of betting on us to win the championship. <laughs> and I know somebody will say, gosh, what a Debbie Downer. There's a chance. What if they work really hard? It's probably not going to happen. Buy or sell Greg Popovich <laughs> setting a poor tone for his young team. Man, he don't give a you-know-what, huh? Um, I'll sell. Sell. A, I think it's refreshing not to be lied to. And B, I think his message to his young team needs to be, you're not good enough yet. And you got to get a lot. I think that's right. I think there's a. Con- I think it's connected. Like I know that's a young team, but like, don't they give him like a puzzled look when he walks into the locker room after the- after saying that? Like, I think he said it to them with different words, harsher words at at times. I mean, they you know in the NBA if you're not talented, right? Like you'd have to be delusional. The first day, media day training camp hasn't even technically started. Like the first day, we're already gonna come out and say, "Hey, we know we're not winning anything of importance this year." He said an NBA championship, and he said put money on it in Vegas. I mean, they're not. I know they're not, and they know they're not. But like, do we have to say that? Like, you got to ask the question. You got eighty-two he, games to play. We really have to know. Like, we're just going through the motions here. We're just trying to get better. We might lose by twenty. We're just trying to become a better. He team. He didn't say lose by twenty. No, he but said I we're know. not. They're not a very talented team. They traded away their best player in the offseason, Dejounte Murray. Like we know they're going to stink. So you want him? You want him to just come out and lie to himself and his team? No, they wouldn't respect that. I don't know. I like both sides of the coin. I found this funny, but also I didn't appreciate yeah. how honest he was. I love the edge of Pretty Daddy D Cell. It gets it gets edgy sometimes. And I'm fired up by an NBA story on yeah, a Tuesday are. in September. Okay. How about the Spurs? How about the Spurs? Uh, random, random. Didn't see it coming. Bingo. One more. Let me just mark. Let me mark it off. Uh, let's, uh, man, speaking of awkward media days, let's listen to Kevin Durant sound miserable and Kyrie Irving sound like he's not even remotely aware of self-awareness when we come back here after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It's Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Among the many things going on out there, NBA Media Day happened in most of the NBA, with most of the NBA teams yesterday. And, and some interesting things came out of it. But none more interesting than the Brooklyn Nets, as they first had to face the media, the microphone, you and me, right, speak on the dysfunction that defined the offseason. And Kevin Durant, at least to my ears, you judge for yourself here, when asked about why he, he want, requested a, a trade, 
sure sounds miserable. Well, there was a lot of uncertainty around our team last year. Um, I committed to this organization for four years last summer with the idea that we was going to play with that group that we kind of went on that little run with the second round with, you know, I felt like another year that us being healthy, um, you know, we were looking, we're building something towards the future, you know, so then as the season went on, I have, you know, you seen what happened with our season, guys in and out the lineup, injuries, just a lot of uncertainty, which built some doubt in my mind about the next four years of my career. I mean, I'm getting older and I want to be in a place that's stable and, um, trying to build a championship culture. So I had some doubts about that. And um, I voiced them to Joe, and we moved forward from there. Joe being the owner, by the way. Joe being the owner, Joe Sy being the owner of the Nets. And some of his doubts included maybe Durant, is reported have said, you should just fire Marks and Nash, GM and coach. Stability, championship culture. Those things can be hard to come by when Kyrie Irving's your teammate, I think. And Kyrie also spoke, and his um, thought process as he heard about Kevin Durant's trade request, I think sort of speaks for itself here. I understood it. Uh, There was a level of uncertainty in this building, Uh, not just for last year, but for the last few years. And that accountability that he asked for should be available and accessible at all times, and we should have that type of environment. So... I echoed the same sentiments, and I felt the same way. Um, but we both knew we – I don't want to say we both knew. I won't speak for him. I, I just felt like the awkwardness I say, you know, we, I speak on when he asked for it. It just – it's just one of those shocking things, you know, you have as a best friend, and you're watching your best friend go through now the other side of the media storm that comes with this trader request and being in the middle of, uh, you know, it's kind of like a cluster. You know what I mean? Just like all of this, you know, all the stories that we, we've come up with, all the narratives around this team, that it's hard to answer every single question you guys have about us and what our intent is. So I'll do my best uh, to just say that, you know, I honored what Kev had uh, going on, and I was wishing him the best, but this was the best opportunity for him, and that's the best opportunity for me, and we feel good. A cluster bleep, he says. And they're, that's his best friend? What a way to treat your best friend who's not showing up for work. It is, and Diesel always looks perplexed when I bring up being in a simulation. Brought it up last night with my neighbor. We were, about down, down, we were both went down to the beach and we're looking up at Jupiter. It's kind of cool. See a planet. Closest Jupiter is going to be in a generation. Cool. And I brought up the simulation joke. And he goes, have you seen Rick and Morty? And I go, oh, yeah. And I'm mostly joking. But there are moments when it feels like the machine is messing with me. So you're telling me Ben Simmons, who last played when he passed up on a dunk and has gone through all the stuff he's gone through, is only the third most dramatic storyline with his new team, the Brooklyn Nets, he got traded to but still hasn't played for? Think about that. Ben Simmons isn't even that interesting compared to the other guys on his on his team. That is d- dysfunctional as bleep is right. And not in the offseason. In every waking moment. Now, sometimes dysfunction does, in fact, despite the dysfunction, lead to or be a factor in 
excellence. Sometimes you're so talented and you're so good at what you do and you get lucky and things go well. And there's no doubt Durant can play, obviously, and Kyrie can play, obviously. And I don't know if Ben Simmons will play, but he, he is capable of playing at a high level if he's willing to play. That's a team that could, could certainly win an NBA championship. I'd be shocked if they made it to the second. Shock's a little strong. I don't think they're making it to the second round. I would be shocked if they made a conference finals. Would not be surprised if they're not really a playoff team. If they're if they're the Lakers of last year. But they're healthy, right? Because I know the Nets also were pretty haphazard and, and not effective over the course of the regular season. Kevin Durant wants, doesn't want to be there. He tried to get Steve Nash fired, which is crazy. He tried to get Sean Marks fired. There's still his bosses in charge, whatever, part of the team. Kyrie is clueless, and we won't play all the clips. Maybe we'll do some tomorrow. But he talked about giving up $100 million to stay unvaccinated, like he's some kind of martyr. I really had to struggle with, with my career. If you can give up $100 million, you're actually not facing losing your job the way other people might be around the country. Give me a break. Ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons. That is a disaster of a basketball team in terms of the locker room. And the guy who's got to figure out the locker room, make it worse, bring them together, cut through the dysfunction, is the head coach Steve Nash, who everyone knows the star player wants fired. Try to get him fired. You think he's going to listen in practice? You think those interactions are going to be are going to go well? The Nets are going to be an absolute disaster. They look, Dan Snyder look like the world's best organizational guru by comparison. I mean, they're making James Dolan look like someone who should give seminars on how to build a strong culture. Good luck, Ness. That's a show. That's the music that means it's time to go. Thank you, Houston Nutt. Thank you, Andrew Bogish. Thank you, Pretty Daddy D-Cell. Happy National Nickname Day. I'm Sweet Willie. All right. Three ball Billy. See you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom